0: Welcome to all of our campuses. Hey, by the way, God Behind Bars, man, we heard the Spirit of God fell last weekend in that service, and we are stoked. Welcome those guys. All of our campuses, good to see y'all. Blunt and North are just kicking in, and we are excited. Now, uh, we've got a couple of major weekends coming up that I'm praying for 8,000. I'm praying both of those weekends, we break all of our attendance records, you know, non-holiday uh, record. And there are cards as you leave at all of our campuses. They've got both weekends. On 9 15th anniversary of nine eleven. we have David Nasser, an Iranian-born Muslim, came to America, uh, as a teenager, was born again, 18, cost him everything. When he went public with his faith, he was baptized. He was kicked out, excommunicated from his family. And an amazing story. He's going to be sharing that. That is a perfect weekend to bring people far from God. Use it. Use 9-11. Use David. Just use them. You want to hear this story because people don't think that Muslims are converted. But the fact of the matter is Christianity is spreading at a three times greater rate globally than Islam is. And so, man, God is moving. So take that. The next weekend, my mentor, John Maxwell, who's been a close friend of mine since 1991. John's going to be speaking. This is the best weekend for you business folks and entrepreneurs to invite your coworkers, bosses, employees, folks you know, because they're going to come hear John Maxwell. I think we'll have 8,000 both weekends. I think that the momentum will roll us into the fall, and it will be unbelievable. Amen? All right. Are y'all ready for the Word of God? Come on. Somebody ready. All right. Now, we launch a new series called Game Day, and so in the light of that, we have a sports motif. So let me, anybody here have a favorite team? All right. Okay. On the count of three, I want you to shout out your team. Now, somebody, when I said that, a Gator fan last night said Gators because they can't count in Florida. And so here's the deal. On the count of three, I want you to shout out your team. Are you ready? One, two, three. Wow. Was that... Was that all SEC? Is there some non-SEC? Do we have some foreigners in the house? Come on! Yeah, we do. We got Ohio State. We got all kind of people, and we got teams from all over America. Cause man, it's just God is building. Can you imagine what they're doing on the internet right now? It's just unbelievable. And so now let me ask you a question: How many of you want your team to win this year? How many of you would like to see a national championship trophy with your team? It's been since the late 90s that the Vols bought that trophy. I think it's about time, personally. But, you know, see, here's the deal. So let me ask you another question. If you're listening, say, I am. Do you want 100% effort from your team? Every player. Should they all show up every practice? Should they be in the weight room? Should they give their all every day in every way for their team? Yes. Are you, what about the Faith Promise team? Yes. Should we give 100%? Yes. How about every day? Yes. How about every practice in your quiet time? Yes. How about in your small group and where you serve? Yes. How about showing up? See, what many of you don't know is we have 52 games every year. They're called weekends. Woo. So, so here's the deal. There are 85 scholarship players on a college football team. How would you like those players to show up every other week? You wouldn't? Because y'all do. (laughs) Y'all do. Some of you don't make it every other week. Some of you would get three football games in, in the season. Say, how do you know that? Because we track your children. Oh, yeah. Most committed people come back 25 weekends a year, You say, oh, that's not me. Go ahead and count them. How many times? Because it's amazing. If Junior is sick, the whole family has to stay home take care of you. Are you with me? One kid takes all 11 of you. <laughs> Vacations, I'm glad you get to go. Really am. Glad you get to go. That's why we have an internet. One reason we have an internet campus. But, you know, then there's travels. And then there's balls. There's summer travel Baseball. There's soccer travel. Come on, are y'all with me? When you begin to look, the, the most committed people come by every week. That's why if I want to announce something so that everybody gets it, I announce it five weeks in a row. Because it takes five weeks for everybody to, to, to roll through once. So, see, we want, our, we want our football team to win a national championship to get a trophy that's going to tarnish. But we who play for an eternal trophy... Somebody listening to me? Come on, somebody help me preach this morning. Man, this isn't the deal. We should give God everything. Is that right? Is that right? All right. So there's a sign that the volunteers smack as they go out of the locker room in Nealon Sanctuary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's amazing. If it rains, church attendance goes down. You ever thought you season ticket holders, I don't think I'm going go to go the game this Saturday, it might rain? No, you're tailgating two hours early. You're, you're, you're watching the vol walk. You're out there because you can't miss them coming for the tea. Are y'all, does that make sense? So come, But if it's right, we can't go to church. It might rain. <laughs> and I won't. Come on. So they smack a sign that says this, I will give my all for the state of Tennessee. Now, if you're not a sports fanatic or a fan, you say, that's a little excessive. But if you're a fan, it's not excessive. You want him in the weight room. You want him practicing. You want 100%. You want him to give 100% every game. Is that right? See, that's, we, we understand because this is what many of us know. The margin between winning and losing is the level of commitment. It's a level of commitment. Now, I want us to do now. Let me put a parenthesis right here. Let me just stop for just a second. You guys blew up social media last week. I am so tired of going to social media and seeing the Donald and Hillary. Anybody with me? Come on. So, this weekend and every weekend, everybody hits social media. Let's let them see what God's doing at Faith Promise Church. So, so here's the deal. I want to what what let's get. We're going to be prepared every weekend. Just take your smartphone during the service, go to open the Facebook app, search for Faith Promise, and like it or share it, the, the things about the weekend. We put a, Pastor Kyle put a video up last week. You guys shared 30,000 views this week, so, so, put, so just put it on there. We're going to leave the quotes up so that you can Instagram them or tweet them too, just in case. And so we're we're going to leave them up there. Now, let me go, go back one. The margin between winning and losing is the level of commitment. Do you all agree with that? It's the same for your marriage. It's the same for your ministry. It's the same for your business. It's the same for your small group. It's the same. The margin between winning and losing is simply the level of commitment. Does that make sense? Most teams that win, I know there's a talent issue, but most teams that win want it more. They want it more. I was mentoring a young pastor. Well, I've been mentoring for a long time, and he called me and he said, hey, we're out of room. What do we do? I said, you got another service. He said, okay, we're going to do a Saturday night service. Then he asked this, what do we do if the Saturday night service doesn't work? I said, what do you mean doesn't work? Are you smoking something? But, hey, there is no, as Yoda, one of my, one of my favorite theologians said, There is no try, only do. (laughs) So, we mean, man. What if it, come on. We have the power of God on our side. Man, don't walk into that saying what happens. Man, you walk in it with the faith of a sovereign God is going to move, and you're going to blow it out of the water. See, the difference between winning and losing is what? The level of commitment. Now, game day, here's our theme for game day. Right here it is. It's time to step out of the stands and into the game. Now, that's what I know. Many of you want to serve, but you're afraid. Now, we're going to talk about being part of the core, baptism, salvation, generosity, uh, you know, small group. But this weekend, we're talking about serving. And there are a couple thousand people that will be with us this weekend in all of our campuses that do not serve. The number may be a conservative number. Many of you want to serve, you don't know how. Some of you want to serve, but you're afraid. Some of you want to serve and you tried before, it didn't go very well. Somebody got mad at you, something happened. The theme for this year is without what? Without what? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I'm going to challenge you, whether you're insecure, whether you're afraid, whether you failed or you've never tried it, no matter where you've been, you're going to step by faith out of the stands and into the game. So in just a few minutes, we're going to release some people on every campus to go, and there's a tailgate party that's happening, and you go find a place to serve. If you don't like it, we'll find you another one. We have 4,300 other spots where you could serve. Are you with me? If you're a sourpuss, don't volunteer for a greeter. If you're a sourpuss, we will fire you from greeting. (laughs) You cannot whip other people's kids, so you cannot serve in the kids' ministry if you hate children. You know, the shocking thing is we fire volunteers. Are you with me? Come on. And so just find a place. See, and part of this is the church's fault because many of us have grown up in church the last 50, 75 years where Christianity is a spectator sport. Come on Sunday. We're going to sing at you, preach to you, give a little money and go home and you've done your penance for the week. There is not a shred of biblical evidence in that. Jesus said, "If you're going to follow me, come after me. Take up your, you know, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me daily, not once a week." Daily, This is a 24-7 deal. Follower of Jesus should affect how you walk, how you talk, how you breathe, how you live, how you exercise, your marriage if you're married, how you raise your kids, how you spend your money, how you serve, what you do. Being a Christ follower changes everything about your life. Does that make sense? Now imagine, come on, give you some praise if you're going to do it. Now. So imagine that Nick Saban or Bush Jones is in your living room. Some of them you wouldn't let in your living room. But imagine (laughs) Holly Work, some some coaches in your living room trying to recruit your high school ball player. That happens thousands of times every year. They go on recruiting trips. When the late Pat Summers was with us, I always knew. Pat would say, Pastor, listen, it's recruiting season. I'll be gone. And she worked, you know, she worked 100 hours a week trying, move moving, blow, you know, blowing, going out there. Actually, I, if you've never read her book, I love the story, when she was on a recruiting trip and had labor pains. And she said, get me to the plane. They said, you don't have time. She said, I'm having this kid in Tennessee get me to the airplane. Are you with me? Come on. I just love it. And so Tyler was almost born in the airplane coming back home. But, but, but there, see, there was another coach who made another recruiting visit, and his name was Jesus. And he left heaven, and he became a man, God in man. Why a recruiting visit to recruit you, stepped out of heaven to recruit you to play on God's team. I don't know about you. I love, my, I love the Vols, but I love God's team more. I love being on God's team, serving God's team. And there was never a, a tougher recruiting trail than the trail to the, the, trail to the cross as he died for you, as he shed his blood for you, as he cried out for you, as he interceded for you. You know what? He was paying your scholarship. He was paying your tuition. He was paying your room, board, and books so that you could play for the university of heaven now and forever. Come on. Now, in in, in keeping with the football motif, because it's almost football time, on the first Wednesday of February every year, there is a letter of intent that is signed by high school athletes all over the country on what team that they're going to play for. It's a non-binding. It's really a verbal commitment, and it means absolutely nothing. They may or may not play for that school. Those coaches may or not be there, because let me tell you, but you talk about a, t- a tough gig, you be a college coach. And it's about what are you doing for me today, isn't it? Well, what a tough gig. So those kids sign a letter of intent, but it's non-binding. Does that make sense? It's really sort of like thousands of Yahoo signed cards on the weekend at Faith Promise. They're really not binding, are they? They really don't matter. I can sign them, but I don't have to do them. I can sign them, but I'm going to be baptized, and the FBI couldn't find you. I'm going to sign that I'm going to serve, and we call you for months and never get a return phone call. We email you. We work. You know, you sign that I'm going to, I'm going to get in a group, and you never go. You sign that I want somebody to con- Are you all with me? See, it's just a verbal commitment. It doesn't mean anything. Hey, I'm a promiser, but let me tell you, where are you at? What are you doing? There are people that, listen, there are people that lie to become core. You say, no, no, people wouldn't do that. Oh, Yeah. We'll say, hey, do you tithe? Yeah, oh yeah, I tithe. And then we'll check. Is anybody out there? And they've never given a penny. And we'll call back and say, do we need to help y'all find a job? What do you mean? Well, you said you tithe. You've never given any money, so obviously you don't work. Oh, you know, I lied about that. <laughs> do you lie to join a church? Does this make sense? It's crazy. It's crazy. See, we need people we can count on. People in the core, people that are giving, serving, involved in small group, people that sign up and show up, that fill it up and that follow up. Are y'all with me? You see, Everybody cheered that you want your football team players to practice every day and in the weight room every day and giving it 100% for a trophy that will tarnish. What we do is forever. Our theme in Matthew 18, 16, 18 for this series, one of my favorite verses, I say to you that you're Peter and upon this rock, Peter is not the rock, Peter's confession of faith that thou art the Christ, the son of the most high God. Flesh and blood did not reveal to you, Peter, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Now our theme picks up right here. Jesus said, I will build my church. Now, he spoke this on vacation. I'd love to know that Jesus vacationed. Jesus was at Caesarea of Philippi. I took a, I took a group there last year uh, to Israel. I'm taking another group in, uh, the next, this coming March. And it, w- it will transform your Bible, transform your walks. unbelievable. If you can go, if you'll talk to my assistant, Gloria. But we went to the gates of hell. See, I always thought this was the literal gates of hell. That's not what he's talking about. He is... He is he is vacationing around all these pools that fill up, and back in the back on this hillside were what was called the Gates of Hell, and there were all these all these idols pl- where people worshipped idols and sacrificed animals. There was this big, this big temple to the god Pan, that false god Pan. You ever heard? Of, I hope it all pans out. That's where it came from. And so, and so, but it's the gates of hell. And Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell. You see it right there? No matter what ism, no matter what, no matter what ideology, no matter what philosophy, no matter what king or emperor, dictator, no matter what Mussolini or Hitler, no matter what communist party rises, I will build my gathering and the gates of hell will not overpower it. <laughs> Now, the word church is not a great translation. Because when they translated it, church didn't mean a building. To you, church means a building, right? Because we say, let's go to? Church. Hey, yeah, because the church is on Pellissippi or North Knoxville or, or it's, you know, it's in Blount County or Campbell or Anderson. It's, see, we, we think church, the, the better translation, Jesus said, I will build my gathering." That's what we're doing this morning. It's not about buildings. We are gathering for our God. I will build my assembly or my gathering, and the gates of hell won't stop what I'll do with my gathering. Are y'all with me? Are y'all with me? Come on. Because the church, the church is not a place. The church is a people. See, the church is gathered right now. We're going to scatter in a little while. Man, we've gathered for worship, and we're going to scatter for ministry. We're going to scatter for life. I pray for you every day. I say, you know, God, we're scattered out now all over the world at Faith Promise, but we're sort of located in East Tennessee, and right now would you touch them with the Holy Ghost? Would you whisper in there? Would you let them feel that you're near them? Would you give them faith today? Would Would you let them rise up with power? Would you let them sense that you're near God? Would you move on our assembly? Whether we are gathered or whether we are scattered, that's how I pray for us. See, that's why it's the, the church is sort of an old German word, but, and we'll talk about that in a few weeks, but the church is not a place. The church is a people. You are the church. And as a church, it is game day, and game day is not the signing, non-binding day. Game day is commitment day. It is signing day for people to get out of the stands and get into the what? Get in the game. Now let's go back to the start of the church. Good Friday, we ought to call it Bad Friday. We ought to call it Lousy Friday. We ought to call it horrible Friday. Jesus is on a cross. He is now dead. His side has been pierced with a spear. His skin has been has been just literally ripped off. You cannot tell whether he is male or female as he is hanging on that cross. And he dies. And the Roman government is about to take down the body of Christ and throw it onto a garbage dump where, the dump where the vultures will come and consume that. Does that make sense? Where they will come and they will consume that, and his body that, has, that will decay and be destroyed. Now let me tell you, that's the way a lot of America sees the church today. They see the church is dead. They see that the church has been thrown onto the garbage heap of irrelevance. Irre- irrelevance. We're going to change that at Faith Promise Church in Jesus' name. God's gathering is going to rise up, and we are going to impact this region. So let me, let me go back and show a, a hero. This is signing day for a guy named Joe. He is a hero. We've never really looked at Joseph in this light. We just sort of mentioned his name and gloss over. Look what he did in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 57. When it was evening there, no, on Friday, there came a rich man. By the way, those people think you ought to be poor to serve God are wrong. Rich, poor, black, white, yellow, green, purple, they are precious in his sight. I don't care where you came from, we can all serve God. There came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him, and Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out of rock. He rolled a large stone against the entrance of the tomb, and he went away. This was signing day for Joseph. Joseph just stepped out of the stands of obscurity. And many of our campuses, there's enough people where you can come and you can be obscure, and nobody knows you're here. And then nobody will bother you. But just, See, nobody knew about Joseph. But Joseph stepped out of the stands of obscurity onto the game field that day. It was signing day for Joe. And let me tell you, Joseph laid everything he had on the line. It could have cost him his fortune, his position, his power, his prominence, because, see, Joseph is a member of the Sanhedrin. He was a ruling class leader, a religious leader in Israel. Go back to 57 and 58, if you would. And there came a man, rich man from Erthea named Joseph, who also had become a disciple. Now, he was a 007 James Bond disciple. Nobody really knew it. Are you with me? And then verse 58, and he went to Pilate and he begged. The Greek word is he begged Pilate for the body of Jesus. For the body of Christ. This wealthy closet follower of Christ comes out and goes public in the most absolute, radical, bold way. He goes to the most powerful man in Israel, the Roman ruler and said, I'm begging you for the body of Jesus. Let me have the body of Christ. When everybody else said run, the disciples were gone. They would already gone back fishing. Everybody had scattered, but Joseph stepped out of the stands all alone and said, I will care for the body of Christ. Who is in Knoxville, who cares for the body of Christ, his church, his gathering? Come on. Some of us have been fair weather fans way too long. Man, you go to work, but they don't know you're a Christ follower. The, let me tell you, the Sanhedrin did not know that Joseph was a Christ follower disciple. Man, you go where your kids play, and people simply don't know. You know what that means? That means we are careless about the body of Christ. Careless. The Romans were going to throw it in a dump. Nobody cared for it. But Joseph said, I'll do the job. I'll step up to serve. I'll get out. See, Joseph was obsessed with the body of Christ. You know what? So am I. I'm obsessed with the body of Christ. I'm obsessed with your salvation and your personal growth. I'm obsessed that you achieve your potential and that you rise up. I'm committed that you will serve God and be blessed by God. I'm committed that you will walk and you will give 100% for Team Jesus. Obsessed, just man. And see, here's Joseph up there. Joseph, the, Joseph comes, gets a dead savior. I don't think Joseph knew that Jesus wouldn't be in his tomb very long. But this is what Joseph did, gang. I is so good. Watch this. Joseph put the dead in a position for a resurrection. He cleaned that body. He washed it. He and Nicodemus, and they wrapped it in cloth and they anointed it with the spices and they put it there ready for resurrection. Let me tell you, when David Nassar, our big evangelism weekend coming up on 9-11, when you bring your friends and your family who don't know Jesus, who are dead spiritually, you're bringing them to a place and you're putting them in a position for a resurrection. You are putting them where they're going to hear the gospel and be born again and they're going to put on the uniform. But i got to be honest, man. I love you so much, but there's a couple thousand joseph's this weekend but you haven't come out of the stands i mean you're 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 born again he was a follower but he was a 007 it's signing day for you i'm not talking about a verbal non-binding contract i'm talking about getting in the game getting in the game see joseph used all of his power his position his wealth and his preeminence to take care of the body of christ No one else could have gained access to Pilate and asked for the body. But what happened, man? Joseph had power because of where God put him. God has you where you are to be used to make room for the body of Christ. Where you work, where you live, where you play, where your kids go to school, your classmates, your teammates, where you recreate. God has you where you are to make room for the body of Christ. That makes sense? Man, we got to make room. We got to make room. The Bible says Joseph dug out a solid rock. He dug out a solid rock, his tomb. And there are some places you're serving. You may be your small group or maybe your family are lost. And it seems like you're digging out a solid rock and you're making no headway. You keep digging because Joseph kept digging. And there he had a place prepared for the body of Christ. I'm going to tell you what bugs me about this whole thing. Are y'all ready? If you're ready, say I'm ready. It bugs me that the devil's crowd sticks together, but God's team doesn't. That bugs me. It just bugs me. Jesus said, how many times did Jesus pray Lazarus would come out of the grave? One time. How many times did Jesus pray that we'd be unified? Dozens. Are we unified? We're not even unified in one church, much less the body of Christ across America or the world. Unbelievable. You ever heard? I mean, you ever you ever heard fifty demons? Let's get together and split hell and start a new hell. No, you said that's stupid. I know because the demons stick together, and that's why in our culture the darkness seems to be in winning because they're one. They're one. Man, we got to be one church you want your ball team to win, then let's be one. Let's give God 100% of our effort. Let's everybody give. Let's everybody serve. Let's everybody be involved in a small group. Let's everybody be connected. Let's everybody, come on. Now, Joseph gives up his tomb. He places the body of Jesus inside the tomb. He has no idea that Coach Jesus is about to orchestrate the greatest comeback in the history of the world, back from death, back from hell, back from the grave, victorious, bringing our keys of victory with him. Man, our coach won the battle for us in Jesus' name. It's time for us to make room. It's time for us to make some room, church. Joseph's up there in that stand of obscurity and he steps out into the field where everybody can see him. Man, Jesus died publicly for you to make room for you, said I'm going to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am you may be also. If Jesus will die and go to heaven and build you a place, then we're born again to build him a place. Amen? We ought to serve God. It's time to get in the game. See, anybody with me? You say, but I'm not qualified. Neither was Joseph. He just used what he had. Listen, man, I mean, hey, hey, how qualified do you have to be to be a parking lot attendant? You got to be really committed when it's 95 on black asphalt. You got to be really committed when it's 32 and raining. And many of you waving one finger at them when you drive by because they held your line a little longer than the line beside you. Get filled up, three minutes later, you've lost a whole Holy Ghost driving through the parking lot. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. Man, use what you have to care for the body of Christ. Man, help us with our kids' ministry. We want the next generation. Help us with our students on Wednesday night. Get in there and be an adoptive parent, spiritual parent to kids who don't have family members that know the Lord. Come on, get involved in worship, man. Get involved, there are just so many places. Man, help us become a greeter at the doors. Now, if you're a sourpuss, you can't, we won't let you. Not putting pusses at the doors. Are you with me? Is anybody with me? Yes. Now, listen, listen, let me just step all up into it right here, right quick, are you okay? Do we want diversity at Faith Promise? Yes. Is it a value of us? Yes. Then I need some more minorities at the stinking doors. I need some more black folks at the doors. I need some more brown folks at the doors. I need some more Asian folks at the doors. Because this is the deal. Everybody comes to this church, they walk up to the front door looking. Does anybody look like me? If you're poor, you're looking for a hoop in the parking lot. Man, if you if you're not, you're just looking, can I fit in? Is there anybody like me? Do we all do it? Come on. Come on, don't listen, don't look at me like that. Willie, when you look at a, when you look at a group picture, who's the first person you look for? You. And you look at that group picture, and if the picture's good of you, you say, that's great. <laughs> come on. If it's bad of you, say terrible picture. Come on. Let's all take that again. Everybody back out here. Come on, that picture sucked. Come on. Come on. Man, listen. If we're, I just, hey, we're raw and real. Amen. So I man, you got to get in the game. This is what I love. Let me wrap this up. Listen, Jesus is in the grave. The stone is against it. We serve a God that breaks the seal of death. I don't care what you came with, drugs or alcohol. I don't care where you're at. God breaks the seal of death, and he will set you free in Jesus' name. Free to worship and free to serve. Woo! Holy moly, I'm way late. Here we go. Some of you, some of you are not in the stands because you're not born again. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're ready to build a relationship with Jesus, come on out, praise teams at all of our campuses. If you're ready right now, pray with me. Say, dear Jesus, I know I need you. I know I've sinned. Forgive me. Come into my heart and be my Lord. You died for me. I will live for you. I will serve you. I will make room for your body. 100% on your team in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,